Hey friends, we are the Bad Apple Divas. I'm Priscilla. And I'm Joyce. We like booze, true crime, and ghost stories. We don't take ourselves too seriously. So sit back, relax, and let's have a drink. Hey friends! Welcome back to Bad Apple Divas episode 13. We are here today for true crime from Priscilla. Oh, scary. I'm so scared. (laughs) So how are you today, Priscilla? I'm good. Uh, I'm waiting for us to open our drink of the day. <laughs> fun fact, fun fact, I tried to open this bottle like three times and Joyce kept telling me, wait till the podcast. I'm just saying, I think it sounds pretty cool when we like bust open, open the thing on the mic because it sounds so sad. I'm not an ASMR person, but for that, I'm like, maybe it's the alcoholic in me. No, it's because we're alcoholics. That's why we're like, Ooh, I can anticipate that cold beverage, you know. Especially in Arizona, it's too hot and stuff, you know. Yeah, you know what? Uh, so say I, I was once asked, like, do I like red wines or white wines more? And I think I, I choose white wines only because it's cold. Oh, really? The red wines? Oh, you need to do it like temperature. Yeah, that's yeah. like room temperature, you know, and like it's supposed to warm up in your hand and stuff. Well, I get the shitty wine, so <laughs> so it can be cold. <laughs> I mean, no one's saying you can't put ice cubes in it. <laughs> they, you just might get a weird look, you know what I mean? If you're drinking a red with an oh ice God, cube. She doesn't know what she's drinking. You know what? I, if I paid $100 for this bottle of wine and I want an ice cube in it, just give me my ice cube. Exactly. <laughs> Hot take, right? So do you want to pop this up? What are we drinking today, Priscilla? So today we're drinking something cool that Joyce got us. It's uh, called Takara Kanchuhi. <laughs> that's good yeah something like that j-pop <laughs> it says j-pop i think that one we can what flavor but the flavor is white peach I, like i said i've been trying to open it three times <laughs> shall we open it yeah let's open it oh you have your own look at you so fancy <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> i failed i'm failing right, can i use yours <laughs> <laughs> see i was waiting for you oh it smells good Oh, mine didn't even pop that. Did you hear that? No, I like, didn't hear the sound. I just it was like, like boop. <laughs> All right. So, cheers. Cheers. Let's, let's clink it. Oh, there oh, you go. Oh, do you think the mic's picked it up? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Two friends right. and stuff. What do you think? Tastes like candy. It's pretty good. Yeah. It kind of tastes like lychee, right? A little bit. And actually, I could, like, uh, it's like a soda. Mm-hmm. You don't really know that it has alcohol. How much does it have? 6.5. 6.5? It might be more than, you know, iced teas, seltzers, just saying. Okay, I like this. That's what I told you. You're going to you're gonna love this one bottle. <laughs> There's another bottle in the fridge just letting Seriously, you know. Seriously, guys, you should definitely try this J-pop. It's really good. Yeah. It's, it's a, like the, the white peach is a really interesting flavor. And the fact that it has 6.5%. Who doesn't like that? I think for sure the next time I'm at H Mart, I'm going to pick up more of these up. That's, really, that's where they got it? Yeah, I got it at H Mart so, uh, before I went to get two hands. Oh, okay. So, so I think next time I'll probably try a new flavor. Like maybe, I think they had like green apple maybe, stuff like that. That would be good. I'm I don't think sour. I saw strawberry though because I was looking for strawberry. I'll do green apple with tahin. <laughs> Did I tell you about tahin at fries? I saw fries and I was like, tahin, gotta get it. <laughs> for the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. So w- once upon a time, back when uh, Priscilla and I first started being friends, she was always like, I'm never with that tahine. I'm always with tahine. But every time we get fruit, I was like, hey, you got tahine in your person? She's like, no. <laughs> I was like, wait, so why did you tell me? Why were you bragging about having tahine when you don't have tahine? Okay, you can ask my friend from college that I always had tahine in my bag. You know what? Once upon a time, you had tahine in your purse. But nowadays, you, you don't have tahine. You know, just because of this, the next time I'm going to carry the little one. You know the tiny one they have now? I'm putting on my keychain and then I'll... Where's my pin? I got you. It's in my bag somewhere. She's lying, people. I'm not lying. Welcome to my ASMR. <laughs> Today, I'm going to tell you, Priscilla is a liar. <laughs> and an alcoholic. <laughs> and ASMR because I don't know how to whisper. <laughs> Okay, now that we got our last, what are you going to tell us today, Priscilla? Today, I'm going to tell you about this cool J-pop we have in our hand. There's six more. <laughs> <laughs> we're not sponsored. Why do you keep mentioning the J-pop? Because I really like this. It's Tokyo's <laughs> sparkling cocktail. It's really good, actually. I know we, we discussed it briefly on uh, the fruit salad episode, but we recently had a Tokyo hot dog. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the Tokyo vegan hot dog. The wasabi. So maybe it'll go good with this one. We'll go talk to the Colombian guys, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have Colombian uh, alcohol, whatever that is. It probably has some coffee in it, right? Most likely, it'll be good. Ooh, I have some coffee soju in the fridge, just letting you know from H. Oh, oh I'll, I'll get that. Remember that one I showed you that time when I was at uh, Total Wine? Oh, yeah, wasn't it like cider? Was it cider? Or was no, it? it was a coffee. Like, it was a coffee spiked coffee, you know? But it oh, was straight up coffee. Yeah, but it was 12.8%. Twelve kill us. That's like two of these. (laughs) (laughs) So I think one will be done. It'll be fun though. (laughs) (laughs) See what comes next time. To to our to our three listeners, should we drink this twelve percent coffee drink next time? It's not as bad as the four local, but it has the same intensity. Coffee. You don't want me to sleep. Well, that's true. I'm I'm worried about that. (laughs) You don't care about it. No, I'm worried. You're just like. We don't need to sleep. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Priscilla? Well, today we're going to talk about the railroad killer. <laughs> he Ooh. was uh, from Mexico, but he, all his crimes were mostly in the U.S. Oh, so it's a U.S. thing. Yeah, so you finally were telling a story that was not taking me- place in Mexico. <laughs> Wait, now you're breaking our thing. <laughs> I, I, I broke the, No, but technically he's from Mexico. That doesn't matter. <laughs> but you know what? I, I'm okay with it. I do want to hear about, like, at least lesser-known crimes, even if it's not. Yeah, Mexico. actually, this guy was in some documentary that tells the story of really bad killers that were not that known for some reason. You know, mm. you got to know these. So why would you know somebody similar, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, those are always interesting to me. Like, we all know about our John Bonets and stuff like that, but... The same old, you know? But what about the old lady killer and the, the brothel late sisters and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, you, you never before I've never heard about those, you know? Yeah! So tell me about this railroad killer. Who is this person? So this guy's name was Angel Maturino Resendiz. He was born in 1960 in Izúcar de Matamoros, Puebla. His parents uh, never married, but his dad was frequently abusive to his mom. He would hit her and uh, talk bad about her, basically. Uh, She always said that her son had a mental disability because he fell and hit his head when he was a baby. Wait, real quick. (laughs) Why is there another killer that you're giving us where he fell from somewhere and hit his head? I remember that couple that you talked about. I think that's the thing. I mean, maybe does, you know, 
take care of your babies and let them fall. Is this one of those things where, like, it's like uh, Asian parents, they often say their kids were found in dumpsters? <laughs> Is it like that? Yeah. Like, my mom was sure to be like, I didn't get birth you. I found you in a trash can. Well, you know, one of my uncles used to t- t- say that to me. Like, he would be like, oh, you're, that's not your mom. She found you in a dumpster. And I would cry all the time. <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> I, I thought maybe it was like a cultural kind of joke thing. Like No, I think it's actually, I mean, he probably did fail. And yeah, probably. He probably <laughs> fit his head. And something happened in there. I mean, if he's a railroad killer, whatever that means, <laughs> he must have had some trauma. <laughs> well, at the age of six years, he was sent to live with his uncle and he raped him. And I heard that somebody, like some friend of the family, raped him as well. So you mean like straight up penetration? Yeah. Oh my god! And I mean that we've seen other killers that they have a similar upbringing, so maybe that's why. I mean, I'm not blaming it on that. You know, you you decide where you're gonna go and your with your stuff, but I, I guess that's a common thing that happens with the killers. <laughs> it's just sad. He was six. I mean, like no one should be raped at any age. Don't get me wrong, but especially like a kid at six, please. Yeah, and then two times is like you know it's kind of crazy. With two partners, I'm sure it's more than two times. Yeah, not only that, he didn't have a strong like father figure, and then his mom was kind of raising him by her own, you know, and then. She, she sends him away. And she dropped him. <laughs> that happens. I mean, you know. Kind of rage there. Aww. But he spent some time on the streets where he became addicted to sniffing glue. And around... <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, apparently. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't, the I can't believe this is included in <laughs> Sniffing glue. This glue. That's a thing. Sniffing glue. Nothing <laughs> glue. And right. uh, around 12, he returned to live with his mother. But he was sexually assaulted again by a group of older boys after going to swim at a nearby river. So that's already like, you know, we saw several times this happened. Do you know if he's a good looking guy? No, he's not a good looking guy. <laughs> oh. I read that he was really small. Oh. Like so he was a really small complexion so we were person. Like, oh, we can make a victim out of him. Yeah. Easily. Like this little guy, you know, like probably that's what that's caused really it. That's really sad. As a teenager, he, belang- he began illegally crossing the border into the U.S. and Canada by jumping on, on and off of the trains. He drifted back and forth across the border, working seasonal and farm jobs, either sending money back home or taking it with him when he left. So that that was his thing. Like, he would just hop on the train and then where it took him, you know? Wait, he sent money back home as in, like, he gave it to his mom? Yeah, like, he would send it back to his mom or his family. Screw. Well, I guess his mom didn't do anything. Yeah, it's, it doesn't seem it's like. mainly the male figures in his life. Yeah, it didn't seem like the mom was abusive. I mean, she probably. I mean, who? why are you sending your kid away with the, your brother? I mean. Yeah, and, like, why, why, why weren't you trying to protect him? Wait, was it who raped him? Was it the uncle or the dad, too? The uncle. Just the uncle, okay. Uh, it's an uncle and a friend, right? Yeah, so why are you sending him away? I mean, I don't know. Well, no one, don't know. no one ever thinks like, oh, I'm going to send my son with my brother. And he's going to do something, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, no one really expects that. Unless, like, you grew up in a really mess of household. And then, and if you do that knowingly, then you're just like, what are you doing to your son? Yeah, so we don't know the situation there. But he would send money back whenever he got those type of jobs. But it was really easy. I, I heard of this before that... Uh, before the the war on the drugs on the border uh before then the security was not as tough 
Mm. Like you could just walk by and then just cross. Oh yeah, I hear like it's very common for especially farm work. Yeah. That like people just walk back and forth and like it was really easy. Yeah, you didn't really need like a passport or anything. They were just you're just like pass- I'm here for work and they're like come on in. Yeah, and it was like more. So I guess that's how he just like got on the train and was you know. Yeah, especially in the 60s and 70s, it was <laughs> def- definitely more <laughs> more chill. Yeah. And in, in 1979, he was arrested for se- severely beating an 80 or. 88-year-old man inside his home in Miami, Florida. And he received a 20-year prison sentence for assault and burglary. But he was released in 1985, so a few years later, instead of the 20 that they originally said. And inside the prison, he was gang-raped. That ass be thick. He's <laughs> like, I don't know why. He did did they say why he beat the 88-year-old man? No, I, I think he was just trying to, like, steal from him. Oh, so he, it was yeah. a robbery or something? Yeah, it was a robbery. Oh, okay, gotcha. In 1986 was his first ever recorded murder in the U.S. He was he shot a homeless woman four times and dumped her body in an abandoned farmhouse in Bexar County, Texas. He would later tell the investigators that he killed her because she was insulting him. And that, that same year, he was arrested for trying to sneak into the country with a fake U.S. birth certificate. And he was sentenced to 18 months. That's a, that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Yeah, he killed. Uh, that he he basically killed the first person in the U.S. that we know of. You know, just because she insulted him. She insulted him, so he's like, you know, trying to like, hey, look at you, you're so short. <laughs> Let me kill you. She's probably racist. No, just kidding. <laughs> just homeless though. Leave the poor lady alone. Just down on her luck. Yeah. Well, he was sentenced to 18 months, but in nine, May of 1991, he was deport- deported again after serving 30 months for fraudulently applying for social security cards. <laughs> weapons possessions and other charges related to illegally entering the country as you can see this guy just tr- liked to go back and forth in the u.s and that's why he kept getting arrested <laughs> and just a few months later however he was back in texas on july 19 1991 he murdered a 33 year old michael white white's body was found in the yard of a house in san antonio and had been shot multiple times in March of 1997, he murdered Jesse Howell and Wendy Von Heuven, two teenage runaways from Woodstock, Illinois. Howell was bludgeoned to death and his body was beside a railroad track near Florida, while Von Heuven's uh, remains were, were not be found un- until after his arrest, when he told them where it was. And Resendiz, well, we're gonna instead of calling him Angel, we're gonna call him by his last name. <laughs> he's not an angel. <laughs> yeah, he's not an angel, so we don't want to call him angel. So Screw you, his, Resendiz. We're, we're gonna call him Resendiz by his last name. So Resendiz later admitted to raping her, strangling her to death, and so- sodomizing her corpse. Yikes! Yeah, that's when I think after that's when it started to get more crazy on his. It just start escalating and escalating. Yeah, he started getting worse. Now yeah. he's just killing bodies, throwing them all over Florida. Man, Florida! There's always those memes about Florida. Florida yeah, yeah. <laughs> like crazy, crazy like crimes and stuff <laughs> getting happened over there. But now straight up, there's a murder. Well, if you see, he he was like Illinois, Florida, like he's all over the country. Which is weird because Florida isn't by the border. No, like well, yeah, the train. I guess you got the train. And... Jump on the train and you can end up in Florida, right? Yeah, man, we should hop on the train see where it takes us. <laughs> what if it takes us to Florida straight to Resendez? <laughs> True. True, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. Well, that that same year in August, uh, he preyed on another young couple who he encountered near the railroad tracks in Lexington, Kentucky. 21-year-old student Christopher Mayer and his 20-year-old girlfriend, Holly Dunn. 
They were walking near the tracks when they saw a man crouch behind an electrical box. He pointed an ice pick at Chris and made him turn around so he could tie him. And then he took Holly's belt and tied her as well before gagging them both. But uh, Holly was smart enough to put her tongue out so the gag didn't didn't go, mm. all, you know. So she was able to push it out. It's yeah, a, yeah, it, yeah. She was kind of talking to, to her boyfriend, you know, Chris, to try to coordinate. What do we do, you know? But before they can even think, uh, he grabbed a rock and she, like Holly saw the guy grabbing the rock, you know. And then he dropped it on Chris's head. And he, he got on top of Holly to rape her, but she was, like, kicking him and trying try not to be, you know, fight him towards this, you know? Yeah, good it, for her. Yeah, she was fighting him. And then he stabbed her in the neck. And he hit her in the face with a wooden board and knocked her unconscious. Ooh. She had a broken eye socket, a broken jaw, and her breathing, breathing was shallow enough that he thought that he had killed her. But he didn't. And this story was told by Holly herself. She is the only known survivor of the railroad killer. Oh, my gosh, man. <laughs> That sucks. Like, you're, you're conscious. I mean, I'm glad she survived. And I hope she's living a long, happy life now. Yeah, they, they said that the the eye and stuff was really, you know, took forever to heal. And, yeah, I'm sure. Like, and she still has the stab marks in the neck. She actually made a book about her story, like, surviving the railroad killer. Yeah, I, I just hope that, like, Holly, if you're out there, if you're listening, good for you for being a survivor and a fighter. I'm sorry this happened to you, but good for you. Yeah, and the fact that she was fighting him, you know? Yeah, I'm glad that she fought him even to the end before she was knocked unconscious, you yeah. know? Yeah, and then I, I read that she was, like, walking, like, she, whenever, you know, she doesn't know how, how, many, how much time had yeah, passed. Yeah, when she came to. Yeah, and then she just, like, stood up, and she felt that her body was, like, hurting and numb. Yeah. But she didn't know what happened to her, so she's just walking until some cop got her, you know? Ooh. In 1998, Resendis would leave a path of bloodshed from northeast Georgia to Houston, Texas. All three murders um, involved home invasions, and at least two occurred near the train tracks. In October, he beat 87-year-old Leafy Mason to death with an antique flat iron, while in December, he bludgeoned Fanny Whitney Byers, 81, to death in her call Georgia home. A week later, Resendis was back in Texas where he raped and murdered pediatric neurologist Claudia Benton, who was 39. Man, killing old people, raping women. This guy is a piece of work. Yeah, and also, like, this lady was a pediatric neurologist. I mean, she was up to something good. I don't know why. Wait, he murdered her too? Oh, no. Yeah. And she, she was she was still 39. I mean, she probably... Yeah, she was in her... She's just living life. Yeah, she probably saved somebody else, but he stopped it. Resendis, you POS. <laughs> <laughs> well, as 1999 got underway, Resendis was awaiting the birth of his daughter with his common-law wife, with whom he lived in the small rural hamlet of Rodeo, Mexico. But murder was still in his mind, so he went back to the U.S. He broke into the home of Norman and Karen that was located behind the church where Norman was a pastor, across the street from the train tracks in Weimar, Texas. Resendis caved in their schools with a sledgehammer, then sexually defiled Karen's corpse. What is a pan and the corpse? And that's like, uh, I guess it was bad luck for this pastor that his church was like right across the tra- train tracks, you know? It, it really does suck, you know, pastors, pastor's wife, man. I mean, they're, like I'm saying, they're up to, they're not, it's not like they're up to no good, you know? Well, no, none of these uh, victims like, at all, yeah. I mean, what, what no one, that? minus the homeless lady who apparently made fun of him. Well, I mean, that's not a reason to. Yeah, that's not something that <laughs> you kill someone over. Like, get over it. You do that kitty thing where I'm rubber, you're glue, anything you say bounces <laughs> off me and sticks to you. Yeah, that's, I don't know. This guy's crazy. Freaking Resendez. 
Well, a few months later, he broke into the home of 80-year-old George Morbert, located about 100 yards from a set of railroad tracks in Gorgam, Illinois. He was fetching his morning paper when he was shot in the head with a shotgun. His daughter, 52-year-old Carolyn Frederick, later stopped by to visit him, and Resendiz beat her with a shotgun so brutal brutally that the gun snapped in half. He left fingerprints all over Morbert's home before stealing his truck and making his way back to Mexico. Dang, this guy. I, I, do you have a final victim count at the end? Yeah, we're, we're going to get to his final oh, victim okay, count. Oh, okay, all right. I just wanted to know if you know it because I really want to know now. Yeah, like how many people is she's like yeah. wanting to steal their stuff and... No, he's he's a bad guy. He's a baddie, but not a bad apple. No. We don't we don't accept him in our game. Since we say bad apple, we gotta take a drink. Oh, hey, your bottle's a lot and or a lot fuller than mine. No, I think we're all the same. Mm-mm. Look, look at the label. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Catch up, Priscilla. You got me. <laughs> Cheers. So why am I drinking still? That made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he had a thing going on. He had his. His daughter almost being born, and he still had his mind going back. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm wondering if, like, he just wanted to get it out of his system, all the bloodlust, you know? I don't know. I, I think he just sucks. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> well, panic erupted among those living near railroads. The crisis precipitated an international manhunt, and authorities convened a multi-agency task force dubbed Operation Trainstop. <laughs> And he was then introduced by John Walsh via America's Most Wanted as the Railroad Killer. Since all the, the killings were happening near the railroad tracks, that, that seemed to be the fitting name they would assign to him. Mm. And then he was placed in the top 10 of the FBI Most Wanted list next to Bin Laden uh, in a reward of 50000 which would change to 125000 uh, some days later. Ooh. I wonder if he was on the at the end of like uh, America's, you know, did, were you still in California when they did those shows, uh, America's Most Wanted? Yeah, I remember yeah, those. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like in the end, they're like, we are looking for these top 10. I wonder if we ever saw him. Well, the, the, so apparently he was in the, in the top of them, of those. You That's know, pretty the, crazy. Yeah, I know. And how we don't know about him, right? Yeah. This happened in the 80s or 90s. Yeah, I suppose. But it's the fact that it's like, wow, how do we, yeah, it seems like he's pretty notorious. Yeah. And after this, his killing spree would finally come to an end. Behind the scenes, Resendi's family worked with the Texas Rangers to facilitate a peaceful surrender. Fearful of bounty hunters or retaliation from vigilantes, his sister met with Ranger Drew Carter, who promised her brother would be granted personal safety in jail, regular visitation rights for his family, and a psychological evaluation. So she encouraged Angel, or sorry, Resendi's, <laughs> to give himself up. On July 13, 1999, Resendiz walked over a bridge at the border crossing in El Paso, Texas, and surrendered to Ranger Carter, shaking hands with him before being taken into custody. His sister would later be awarded $86,000 for helping with his capture. Wow, that was actually really recent, 1999? Yeah, I mean... That's 22 years ago. I know. Why, why didn't I hear that? Well, I guess I was a child back then. Yeah, I mean, like back then, you're actually like, oh, I love Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I probably was listening to Britney Spears. I love Britney Spears. <laughs> I want I want to be like her. Little did I know she's being controlled by her father. Oh, no, we're not getting into this. Free Britney. Free Britney. Leave Britney alone. He was right. Nobody listened to him. Yeah, right. Hey, uh, hey. I'm surprised he knew what I was referring well, to. I mean, I mean, it was like it was so long ago where it's like, leave Brittany alone. She's only human with the mascara running. Yeah, running. I was very surprised he caught on. 
<laughs> Are those one of those things that like get lost in the ether? You know, no, like, I remember. <laughs> like look at Joy talking crazy again. <laughs> well, uh, going back to this crazy guy. At his 2000 trial, few could believe their eyes. The railroad killer, this crazy and dangerous killer that was on the news and everything, was a pudgy, shortish, middle-aged <laughs> man with overgrown sideburns and bad glasses. That poor guy, even in later in life, he still gets made fun of. Oh, uh-huh, you're short and pudgy with sideburns and bad glasses. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder why he kills people. I know. That homeless one was probably like, Haha, you're pudgy and short. <laughs> and so he's like, you know what, lady, I'm going to kill you. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Resendis pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. He claimed that he was an avenging angel sent by God to punish those he thought were evil and deserved to die. You know, pastors are kind of weird. I'm not gonna lie. Well, he's not a pastor, though. He no, was no, just... no. I'm saying that the one, that the pastor that oh, he killed yeah. and his wife. Yeah. I'm just saying. He probably thought it was evil. Yeah. Yeah. But the ju- the jury was unmoved and found him guilty of capital murder. He was later sentenced to death, a judgment he he had asked for. Ooh, I got questions now. A judgment <laughs> he had asked for. <laughs> I want to be put to death. Basically, that's what that's what he. What said. a what a jerk! Even in the end, he gets what he wants. Basically, right? I don't like that. <laughs> what about Holly Dunn? You know the yeah, the survivor. Yeah. Was she allowed to testify and be like, "I want him"? I think when that happened, she didn't even know that it was a serial killer. Oh. She thought that it was just some random like guy robbing them. So do you, do you know if Holly went to the police when she like when she was the victim when she like came to? Yeah, she went to the police and okay. made her statement there. And then later, like I, don't know, I think a year later or something, they connected that it was actually mm. this guy. You know, overall, Resendis killed at least fifteen people with rocks, a pick pickaxe, and other blunt objects, mainly in their homes. After each murder, he would linger in the homes for a while, mainly to eat. <laughs> He took sentimental items and laid out the victim's driver's license to learn about their lives. He stole jewelry and other items and gave them to his wife and mother who lived in Rodeo, Durango, Mexico. Much of this jewelry was sold or melted down. Some of the items that were removed from the homes were returned to his wife, were returned by his wife and mother after his surrender. The money was sometimes left at the scene. He raped some of the female victims. However, rape served as a secondary intent. Most of his victims were found covered with a blanket or otherwise obscured from immediate view. So this shows some sort of like remorse or not even remorse. It's just not the, his intent, his main intent was not to do that. Yeah, more, not to rape. Yeah, it was more like steal, but I guess in the moment. All of a sudden he's like, oh man, I got a boner. Yeah, or because. He was so I, short and stuff. <laughs> he's just like, oh, I would never be able to get a pastor's wife by myself. So now that she's dead, I'm going to sodomize yeah, her. Yeah, or now that they're like defenseless or, you know, because, yeah. you know, probably people saw him and it's like, you. You, you're okay, short you and pudgy with side. Oh, I want to see him. Or you're about to hear the real life uh, reaction of me seeing Resendez for the first time. And I'm not going to lie to to those who are listening. Priscilla and I are hitting, well, I'm hitting my, my wine cooler harder than she is, but you know. Gosh, Priscilla, catch up. Oh, he's not that bad, to be honest. I was expecting some like really ugly dude. He's really not that bad, you gotta admit. <laughs> like, I was expecting some, for some reason, I was expecting someone that, do you watch The Simpsons? He's not that bad. 
<laughs> so let me tell you who I was imagining, okay? I was imagining uh, Milhouse's dad from Simpsons. Like, oh, with the, the cul-de-sac hair, like the cul-de-sac baldness and like really weird looking. Like, he doesn't look bad. I mean, he looks like just a normal Mexican guy to me. Yeah, I mean, just... He's not good looking. He's not bad looking. He just looks like a normal human. You know what I mean? This is a survivor. Oh, well, good for you, Holly. Once again, shout out to Holly. Good for you for being a survivor and a strong woman. Actually, I'm curious what his height was. Neither is really the exact number. Mm. He was 5'4". Mm. He's still taller than me. He's not that short. I figured he would be like 5'. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know, I do know yeah. guys that are like 5 feet, like my height. Whenever I find a guy in my height, though, it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> the state of Texas executed... Angel Resendiz by lethal injection on June 27, 2006, at the age of 45. Before his death, he asked for forgiveness from the victim's family members in attendance, saying, you don't have to. I know I allowed the devil to rule my life. After thanking God, his final words were, I deserve what I am getting. And one of the attendees that was a family member said that he saw his feet tremble beneath the sheet covering his body as they injected him and that made him feel good for some reason <laughs> but yeah that that's they actually executed him at least he he knew to fear death you know yeah what I mean? and, and they actually executed him at the end so that was that was it for the railroad killer but it's an interesting story that i never heard about before and it was close by in texas you know i can't believe that it's so recent that we didn't hear about it like it's fairly recent like 2006 was only like what 15 years ago about yeah and, and i was uh I was like 15 years old. Yeah, but I was probably not attention to that. Yeah, we were too busy being young and dumb. <laughs> we didn't care about some railroad killer getting murked. In the America's Most Wanted. I can't believe it. But you know what? Like, in one way, get that he showed remorse, but in another way, it's like, what good will it do? You know, like, yeah, yeah you're sorry, but you're not bringing back my relative. Well, I hope you guys like this railroad killer story. Wait, so what do you recommend this week? This week, for my recommendation, I'm going to do one of my favorite places in Arizona for teas. <laughs> it's called Fusion Tea Lounge, and they're in Tempe. We go there a lot. We are not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually drinking a coffee from there right now. Yeah, actually, we're not sponsored, obviously. We just really love that place. They have one of the best teas I've tried. And, my and coffee. And coffee, yeah. Actually, they just they just launched this coffee that doesn't have a name yet. <laughs> but you can ask for the secret menu item, uh, Yao's uh, Special Beans. <laughs> Yao's Special Yao. Yao, if you're listening, I apologize, but you're probably not listening. Just go there and say, I'm here for Yao's Special Beans. And you'll know. <laughs> but it, this is really, really good uh, coffee. I think it's a Vietnamese plus espresso. And he puts a little foam, like, kind of salty on the top, so it's a perfect combination. I would re really recommend this drink. And if not, he also has a lot of good food, like, you know, finger liquors, little chicken, you know, and wings. He has his ramen-crusted wings that are pretty good. You like the avocado rolls, don't you? Yeah, I really like the avocado rolls. He has a little cilantro sweet sauce on the side. It's really good. All it needs is a little bit of uh, jalapenos or uh, habaneros or what is it? Because we like spicy food. There's serranos. That's the one you like. Yeah, you like serranos. And Joyce really likes those noodles. I can't remember the name though. Yeah, it's like Don Xiaomin or something. Yeah, she really likes those noodles. Oh man, I love those noodles. Like, <laughs> honestly, this guy makes a lot of good food, but what I really want him to do is make sushi. Yo, yeah, he, we saw him. <laughs> like We were lucky enough one day that he was like in the mood of making sushi. 
And we were impressed. It was really one of the best sushis I tried. So I hope he makes more of it. <laughs> should we make Yao listen to this episode? <laughs> we should probably make him listen to this episode. And Yao, do you want to be a guest on our next episode? I don't care if you want to be a guest or not. We're going to make you a guest. <laughs> okay, we're going to make him a guest. <laughs> so he can tell us more about him, where he came from. And you guys know uh, this local place. You know? It's really good. We support you. Know? Yes. So yeah, that's going to be my recommendation. And where can they find this, Joyce? Oh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, just look for us, Bad Apple Divas. You'll see one of us or talk to one of us. And it's really us because we're, we're not monetized or rich enough to pay someone else to be a social media manager. So talk to <laughs> us, guys. Yeah, I hope you like this and we'll see you next time. Spooky. <laughs> Stay away from the railroads, people. Yeah, because you don't know who can be there. <laughs> no, he's dead now. Or maybe oh. he's a ghost. Hey, his name is Angel, so he might be back. That's true. Angel of death. (laughs) And sodomizing. Cover your butts, people. Well, let's go get another peach thing because it's really good. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys.